So we're going to be in John chapter 6 tonight. Um, John chapter 6 is a large book, 71 verses. Um, we're going to sort of go over all of it. We're not going to read all the verses, but uh, we're going to read verses 35 through 71 for the most part. Um, but, but we're going to start talking about it. We're, I'm going to give you kind of the Cliff's Notes version of 1 through 35. Does anybody in here other than Josh and Brad know what that means, Cliff's Notes? Yeah, didn't think so. That's a, that's a dated reference, I guess. So, so when we were in school, right, you would have a book report to do or a book that you had to read that there was going to be a test on. And if you didn't want to read that book, whoever Cliff is or whoever came up with it came out with a smaller book called Cliff's Notes. It's more like a, over, a quick overview, a synopsis. So we're going to do that for the kind of the first 35 verses of John chapter 6. So at the very beginning of John chapter 6, we see um, a, a familiar story. Um, John, uh, Jesus feeding uh, 5,000 people with a little bit of food, right? So we see Jesus, he's, he's, he's getting ready to have a meal, Passover meal, with his, with his 12 disciples. And, um, and, and he goes up on the mountain, he sits down with them, and he looks and there are 5,000 people there, okay, or more. About 5,000. So he looks over to one of them, Philip, and he says, you know, where can I go? Where can we go buy some bread? Okay. And this was kind of a test for Philip, right? Because this is a test of his faith. So Philip says, if we had 200 days worth of wages, we couldn't buy enough food to feed these people. Philip was kind of freaked out with how many people had shown up, right? So, um, so, then, he, so then Andrew sees a, a young boy there with with some loaves of bread and some fish, but not near enough to feed. Five loaves and two fish, and that's near, not near enough to feed 5,000 people. So, you know, Jesus says, okay, have them sit down, and he begins feeding these people with this little bit of food, okay? So we see a miracle, okay? He's taken five loaves of bread, two fish, and fed 5,000 plus people, okay? And then we see toward the end, it says that, that you know, there were, when everyone had eaten their fill, okay, Meaning when they had gotten all that they wanted, not even necessarily all that they needed, but all that they wanted. It even says all that they wanted uh, earlier. Um, so anyway, in verse 11, it says, as much as they, uh, the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples to gather up leftovers. Okay, and there were 12 baskets full of leftovers left. Okay, out of five loaves of bread and two fish. Okay, so we've seen a miracle. These people have seen, seen this miracle. And... Um, in verse 14, it says, When the people saw the, saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Okay? Keep that in mind as we go through these, next, these verses a little bit later on. That's going to that's gonna come in handy. Um, verse 15 says, Perceiving that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew to the mountain by himself. So Jesus knew that in their mind they were going to want him to be king. And he's not limited to political you know, uh, limitations. He's not limited to a political title, okay? Je Jesus is much bigger than that, so he just kind of left. The next little section is, is 16 through 21. Um, we see an account of Jesus walking on the water. We see the disciples go out, get into, the, get into their boat. Jesus was not with them. There was a really bad storm. The, you know, the, the, the sea was kind of rocky. They see Jesus there. They didn't know that it was Jesus, so they got afraid. They were, they were afraid. And he said to him, "It is I. Do not be afraid." And um, and then it says they were glad to take him into the boat. And it says immediately the boat was was at the land to which they were going. And what's really cool about that is that 
the commentary here in my Bible says that when it says immediately, there's kind of a, there's kind of a, a mystery there. We don't know if this was another miracle where they may have been in the middle of the sea and as soon as Jesus stepped in, they were where they were going. Or, you know, maybe he got in closer to where they were supposed to be. Who knows? But it says immediately the boat was at the land that they were going to. So this is potentially another, another miracle that we see. Um, so in verse 20, starting in verse 22, the, the title there says, I am the bread of life. And I know Pastor Josh has gone over the I am statements and y'all did the I am the bread of life statement in all that. So we're going to talk about it. We're not going to camp out forever on it, but we're going to talk about it a little bit. So what, what we see is the next day, the crowd doesn't see Jesus, they don't see the disciples, and they start looking for him, okay? And um, they found them on the other side of the sea, and they asked, hey, when did you get, basically kind of like, when did you get here? And Jesus says to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. So he tells them, you're not looking for me because I'm Jesus. Okay. Now they've just said he's the prophet. right? They've just made a big deal of what he's done. And he says, you're not looking for me because I'm Jesus. You're not looking for me for the right reasons. You're looking for me for what I can give you. And that being, I have just given you a meal, and that's what you're looking for. And that's, I'm, I'm much bigger than this. And he tries to explain that to them throughout these next several verses. And they sort of question him, you know. Um, in verse 30, um, he's, he's just told them again, look, you know, bread from heaven, all these things. And they say, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Didn't they just see a miracle yesterday? Didn't they take part in that miracle yesterday? This sounds kind of silly, doesn't it? Okay, we just saw this miracle. We just saw the miracle and believed in the miracle so much so that we called him the prophet who has come into the world. They were impressed by him. And all of a sudden they're saying, what wonder and what work did you do that we may believe in you? It's kind of crazy. Um, and then they go on to say, our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. It's an Old Testament reference back to, you know, after, after the Israelites were freed from slavery in Egypt. You know, they were, you know, we saw the Red Sea get parted. We saw them get freed. We also saw them wonder where their next meal was going to come from, and God provided that meal. Okay? So here they are still thinking of the physical food that's, be, that's been provided for them. And don't be mistaken, the food's a good thing. It's a good gift from God. But they're not seeing the bigger picture here. Okay? And Jesus is trying to get them to. Um, so Jesus says to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Once again, talking about the physical bread. Okay, These guys aren't getting it. So what does Jesus do? Starting in verse 35, he says to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Well, we'll stop there. So Jesus just comes right out and says it. <laughs> Jesus just comes right out and says it. I'm the bread of life, okay? He's told him several times, the bread of life comes from heaven, the Father gives it to you. He finally says, I am it. I'm, I'm, this. I'm much bigger than what you saw yesterday, okay? I'm much bigger than this 
physical food that you guys are looking for, okay? I'm much bigger, bigger than all these, these things that you're looking for. I'm, I'm Jesus. I'm, I'm the Messiah. Um, and he says, you've seen me and yet do not believe, okay? Again, they're, they're going back to the food and not, not, where, not figuring out that he's the Messiah. Then he says in verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. So let's keep this in mind, okay? So basically he's just said, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and, and will, not, will never thirst. And he says, um, he says, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. That's a really important verse, guys. The Father gives them to Jesus. God does the work. You hear that so often here. God does the work in our lives, okay? It's not us. It's not, it's, 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 it's God that does all the work, okay? And then he goes even further and says, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. And he kind of reiterates that again. This is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. Now, this is another one of those places that when we get further on in this, these verses of Scripture, this is going to become really interesting, and we're going to have to ask ourselves some tough questions that we're going to have to go find the answers to, okay? And I'm praying that we get there, because <laughs> this is a lot of Scripture again, and we get to kind of see that unfold. Um, so then in verse 40, he says, For this is the will of my Father, <clears throat> that anyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So again, we see him. He's kind of said it three times. Okay, everyone, the Father, everyone who looks on the Son, they'll have eternal life. I won't cast them out. They can't. I won't lose them. He's he's saying all these things. Okay, so we have a we have a term, and may, maybe some of you have heard it. Not a term, a, a phrase. Once saved, always saved. Okay, and and our pastor talks about it being. I don't know that he says, he doesn't like it so much, okay? It's true, okay? Once you are truly saved, you're always going to be saved, okay? That's, that's, that's a theme that we need to understand. Once you're truly saved, you, can no, you cannot be unsaved, all right? But there's that word truly, okay? There's that word truly, okay? Let's make sure we remember that because I have, I'm going to give you just a tiny little testimony, a little peek into my life, I, at 18 years old, I would have told you that I was saved and I was going to heaven. I, had, I got baptized at 18 years, well, just before 18 years old, just before 19 years old, I was 18, okay? And I would have told you from the age of 18, almost 19, all the way until I was 30 years old, I would have told you that I was saved, that I was going to heaven, okay, if I had died. But if I had died... Anywhere in there, I would have gone straight to hell, okay? And that's something that, we, that, that you guys, especially as young kids, if you're saved in here, you need to wrestle with a little bit, okay? Because my actions, Pastor Josh has talked over the last couple of weeks about fruit, right? There was no fruit in my life other than the fact that I had gone and been, gone and been baptized, and gone to church a few times and threw a few dollars in the offering plate. You know, those kind of things that everybody who's saved does, right? So I had done all those things. 
And, you know, just to, for instance, when I went down to join the church, that's what I said to my youth pastor. I want to join the church. I didn't say Christ has saved me. I didn't say Jesus gave me a new heart. I didn't say I now believe. I didn't even say I've asked Jesus into my heart. I didn't even say anything as quirky as that. I just simply said, I want to join your church. That tells you how lost I was, guys. Okay? That's all I said. I just, I want to be a member of your church. That's what I said. Um, so, once you are truly saved, okay, you've believed in Christ, as it says here, you look on the Son and believe in Him, and you have eternal life. Just like we, just like we read earlier. He will not lose them. Those who the Father gives Him, He will not lose. Okay? Alright. So, verse 41 so the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he, say, how does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Keep in mind, they've just seen these, this miracle. I know I keep going back to that, but I want you all to get this. They've just seen this miracle. If you guys saw a miracle like that, you would know there was something different about this guy, right? And it would probably take more than 24 hours for you to forget that miracle. And these folks have seemingly forgotten that. Who is this guy? We know his mom and dad. There's no way that this is the Messiah. There's no way that he's the one sent from heaven. Okay? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will, <clears throat> and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. All right. So, very important verse here. Number, verse, number 44. Verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Okay? That's another thing we need to truly understand. Okay? This drawing... Literally means to drag, okay? You hear people say, well, God doesn't drag us kicking and screaming. He does. <laughs> he does drag us kicking and screaming, okay? That's a poor illustration, but that's what happens. In our fallen and natural state, we don't want God, okay? If we're not saved, if we don't believe the gospel, we don't truly want God. So back to Johnny, the little peek into Johnny's life. 18 to 30 I'd have told you I wanted God, but if I knew who God was, I didn't want God, okay? If I knew the biblical God of this, the biblical God of this Bible, the God of this Bible, the true and biblical God, then I didn't want anything to do with him. And if we're all honest with ourselves before our conversion, we don't eat, nobody else does either, okay? We don't want God, all right? If we did, we would act differently. If we did, there would be fruit, okay? So there's this drawing, there's this dragging that God does to us, not necessarily a physical dragging, but there's this dragging that God does, this, this effectual calling, calling that God does that causes us to be saved, okay? So these folks are, are, these folks are kind of grumbling amongst themselves, and Jesus, it, in, and this is my simple mind, I see Jesus going, don't worry guys, unless God draws you, you're not going to get it anyway. So stop grumbling, you know, um, that kind of thing. Um, but again, uh, he, says, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. That's kind of the theme here, one of the themes. Whoever believes has eternal life. Um, and that believe is a little bit different than just, 
I know there's a God up there because I, I, I've, got, I've got family members and, and, you know, if they start, if my little sister starts dating a guy, she's single, and if she starts dating a guy, I say, my first question is, is he a Christian? And what I don't want to hear is, he believes in God. Because we've heard in the Bible, even Satan believed in God and trembled. So Satan didn't just believe in God. Satan knew who God was, okay? He trembled at the fact of who God was, all right? So he just believes in God. Well, that's, that's all fine and well, but so did Satan. Satan believed the same thing that you're telling me that this person believed, okay? So it's a little bit deeper than just believing that there's a God or believing that, you know, Jesus was whatever you think Jesus is in your head, okay? Again, the old Johnny would have told you, yeah, I believe there's a God. I've always believed there's a God. Okay, I've never not. I don't remember a time when I didn't believe in God. Still would have gone to hell. Okay, so let's just make sure that's. I know I'm hitting that hard, but just make sure we understand that. Whoever believes, but this belief is 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 a loving belief. This belief is, you know, I I believe that He saved me. I believe that I have a new heart, and there's again there's fruit from that believing. Um, let's see. He goes back to the to the Old Testament. You know, example that they gave in verse 49, he says, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. Okay, so he's drawing He's trying to he's trying to pull it down to their level a little bit here. Yes, you're right. God provided food for them in the desert, but their physical bodies still died. The food I'm talking about, the bread I'm talking about me, I give eternal life. Okay, so he says, yes, they ate in, in the wilderness and died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life, the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. That sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? You know, Christ saying, I've got to, I've, my flesh is this bread. Okay, so they're still thinking, you're fixing to see, they're still thinking in terms of food. All right. The Jews then disputed amongst themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Okay, that's a little strange. This would get into some cannibalism, right, if that's what he truly meant. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live, as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father from heaven, as I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Okay, a lot of stuff there. So these folks, again, are still thinking of the physical eating and drinking of the bread and the blood. Okay? They're just still not getting it. All right? So he, 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 so he, go, he kind of goes along with them. If you don't eat my flesh, you don't drink my blood, you're not, you're not with me. You're not of me. You're not saved. Okay? You don't get it. Um, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Um, it's funny, uh, I, was, I, was reading, I was reading this commentary in here, and I'm just going to read it word for word as it is in the Bible. It says, Jesus here has continued to misunderstand his statements, taking them on a purely physical level. 
understood literally what Jesus says highly objectionable since it would involve uh, cannibalism and the use of blood that is strictly forbidden in the law. Jesus uses the language of eating and drinking to illustrate the intimacy of the union between Christ and the believer. So understand that. He's being a bit extreme here, but he has to be, okay, for, to try to make them get this. But they still don't get it. Um, in verse 60, he says, When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help, of all, of no, is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were and who did not believe and who it would be who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. So we see the disciples grumbling. They're, 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 um, they're, they're kind of just, uh, debating amongst themselves. They're saying, this is really hard to listen to. And if Jesus meant it that way, the way that it looked to them, it would be really hard to listen to. What if I came up here and told you all that you've got to eat a human's flesh and drink his blood in order to go to heaven or in order to be saved, in order to live for eternity? That'd be gross, right? I'm not eating somebody's flesh or drinking their blood. It's just not happening. Um, so they're saying, this, this is hard. Who can listen to this? And Jesus again says to him, I mean, is this offensive to you? What if you had seen me, um, what, if, what if you were to see me ascending back to where I was before? What if I was leaving you? Um, it's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no help at all. So he's, he's telling us the Holy Spirit is, is you know, what, what kind of prompts us, okay? We've talked about God drawing us, okay? And he uses the Holy Spirit. Um, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. So he's calling them out on their unbelief, all right? He's calling them out and saying, some of you still don't believe. You've seen miracles. I've told you I was the bread of life. I've gone to this extreme and talked about eating my flesh, drinking my blood. You still don't believe. Um, and he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. So we see that again. That's kind of the same thing he said about the drawing, okay? We have to understand that we can do all the work. We can do all the, you know, we can get baptized. We can walk aisles and, and do all these things. And I know that this, this is something you hear at this church a lot, but it's very important that we understand that it's not about our work. It's about the work that Christ did on the cross. And it's, it's this drawing that God does for us. Um, all right, so verse 66 says, After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Well, that's hard because what did we just talk about a little bit earlier? I told you all to remember. What did we just talk about? What was just said that would be contrary to this? Didn't he say something about never losing any of them? Didn't he say that he wouldn't cast any out? But wait a second. These guys followed him. These guys followed him and it got kind of hard and it got kind of gross to them. So they turned around and stopped following him. They no longer walked with him. So then Jesus looks at his 12 main guys and he says, do you want to go away as well? 
It's testing them, okay? Do you guys want to go away as well? Because it's going to get a lot uglier and harder than this, okay? That's, that's what I would, you know, it's not said here. I, I hate to put words in Jesus' mouth, but I would assume that there was, you know, there was some meaning behind this. Do you want to go away as well, he says to him. Simon Peter looks at him and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Um, <laughs> Brad will laugh uh, because there, there's, a lot, there's some questions about whether these, these 12 were saved um, before, before you get into Acts and, and they see the resurrected Christ. Um, this would probably be, as I read and as I, as I studied, this would probably be a proof text for someone who believes that they were. Okay? Now, I don't know how Brad would respond to that. He may, he may want to talk about that afterwards. And I'm not an advocate for either side. I've, I'm kind of undecided on the whole thing. But this would, this would, this would give a, a bit of an argument that, that these guys, at least on some level, got it. Now, I don't know the Gospel of John like I probably should. I'm, I can tell you without doubt in my mind that they messed up again after this. They proved themselves to be, you know... Not what they say they are here. Not what Simon Peter says to them here, right? Um, so Simon says, you know, you have the words of eternal life. We believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And Jesus said to him, did I not choose you the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. That brings us back to the whole, I won't cast them out and I won't lose them. That's hard, right? We have, to under, we, have to, we have to sit there and say, what happened here? If you're not going to lose them, how did you lose these? Did Jesus lose these people? No? How do we know? All right. <clears throat> not this John, but 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. We're going to turn there real quick. Chapter 2, verse 19 of 1 John says the following. If I can get my pages to work. It says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, been of us, they would have continued with us. So that answers that question, does it not? How does it answer that question? Can anybody tell me how it answers the question of these disciples who turned from Jesus? And didn't walk, no longer walked with him, and this this person he calls a devil. It would make me think that these disciples that turned away from him, and Judas Iscariot, and Johnny Sanders until about twelve years ago, were not of them. They weren't saved. So let me ask you something, and I'm, not, I'm probably wrapping up way early. I didn't realize how early I was wrapping up. <clears throat> Is that the same of you? Is that something that you should wrestle with? Or do you know for a fact that you are, that you are Christ, that He's got you, that you're saved? Because we can, you know, we can sing a lot of pretty songs, we can, we can even cry in our church service on Sunday mornings when, when the music comes on and it's that one song that gets us, you know. 
There was a song like that for, again, Johnny, 12 plus years ago. There were a couple of songs that I would, I'm not a crier. I don't cry about very much at all. Um, about the only thing that can get me to cry anymore is my grandkids. But that's, that's it. Um, so these songs that would give me these chills and I would be in church and I would feel something, okay? And sit there believing that I was going to heaven and I wasn't. I don't want, you know, Pastor Josh talked last week. He said, you know, I love each and every one of you. And I can stand here and tell you, I don't know all of you real well, but I can tell you that I love each and every one of you. Just like Pastor Josh talked about last week, and I care about you. That's why I bring these things to light. That's why Pastor Josh brought you the, the last two weeks have been pretty tough lessons for you guys to, to, to hear and, you know, to, to be told that, you know, maybe your priorities are out of line. And I'm not saying this, that, that they, you know, this is the reason why, but let's examine ourselves. We're told in the Bible to examine ourselves daily to make sure that we're in the faith. Okay, let's not be like these disciples who rah, rah, we're with Jesus, we're with Jesus because he gave us bread. He just said eat his flesh and drink his blood. I'm out. <laughs> That's too far. That's too far. Okay. Or Judas, who a little bit of money caused him to betray Christ. Okay. I don't want I don't want us to be like that. I don't want us to live in a world where we believe that we're okay and we're really not. Okay. So, um, you know, the gospel is this. We're all sinners, and we needed a Savior. Still, still do, but He came. We have a Savior in Christ. And if we believe in Him, um, He'll forgive our sins, and He'll save us. And He'll give us eternal life, just like He talks about being the bread here. Okay? So, just like Pastor Josh said last week, if you have any questions, if, if even if you're in church and you're feeling whatever it was that I was just talking about earlier and you don't know what to do with it let's talk let's have that discussion okay you've got several resources in this church three of them in this room there's more that are constantly I mean I see you guys most of you here on Sunday mornings you see a church full of men who and women who are happy to talk to you about these things and happy to assist you with these things and talk you through them and pray with you through them and people who will follow up with you. We won't have one discussion in, you know, six weeks go, oh, I wonder how Logan's doing today, you know. We're going to know how you're doing because we're going to be talking with you, okay. And don't be scared of that, all right. So I'm going to pray for us, and then I'll hand it back over to Pastor Josh. Um, dear God, we just thank you um, again for this time that we've had together. We thank you for this word that you've given us. Uh, we thank you for Jesus, who is indeed the bread of life. Um, we thank you that he is. We thank you for, for the salvation that, that is found in him. Lord, we just thank you for loving us and caring for us. Uh, thank you for your grace and mercy. We ask, Lord, that um, as we wrap this up, Father, that, um, that you would change us. Um, if there'd be somebody here tonight who, who, who is not saved, pray, Lord, that, that, that you'd give uh, those of us who are an opportunity to talk with them, give the leadership an opportunity to talk with them and that you would give them the courage to come talk to us. Um, Father God, we just pray that you've been glorified during this time and that you'll continue to be glorified in our, in our music here <clears throat> as we wrap up. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.